Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Stampede Blue Podcast, the official podcast of the Indianapolis Colts on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and we are here to talk about the NFL Draft. Good morning, Colts fans. We have survived the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. Let's talk about what happened in the first round and what that could mean for the Colts uh, on day two as we go into rounds two and three. Uh, the positions that are still available, the best players still available, um, how the draft uh, shook out, and what this is going to look like for um, Indy as they draft at number 42, uh, the 10th pick in the second round tonight. Uh, first of all, let's talk about what happened in the first round. This is going to set the stage for what could potentially happen with the teams in front of the Colts. Obviously, uh, the options that the Colts will have is going to depend a lot on the uh, 9-10 teams in front of them. Uh, so let's talk about the first round and how that played out. Obviously, the start of the first round was a bit of a surprise with the first five picks coming off the board all being defenders, including two cornerbacks. Uh, I'll be honest, first time I can remember where two corners went that high uh, inside the top five. Uh, so clearly, this was an, uh, a defense-focused uh, top of the, the first round with um, Trayvon Walker, defensive end out of Georgia, going first, Aiden Hutchinson uh, going to the Lions at number two, and then Derek Stingley and Sauce Gardner, both the uh, cornerbacks, going at three and four, and finally, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau going uh, at number five to the Giants. After that, we began to see a run on offensive line and wide receiver, um, obviously, two positions we've talked about here in the past that the Colts will need uh, potentially to address in this draft class. Um, in total, the the way that the first round played out at, at from a positional basis, uh, five edge players came off the board, nine offensive linemen. Now, there were some off, uh, offensive guards that came out, um, uh, a center that came out as well. So it's not all offensive tackles, but nine offensive linemen, by far the most uh, heavily represented position here. Second heavy uh, was wide receiver. Six wide receivers came off the board. Although, interestingly, um, and if you watched it, you probably had the same impression I did. I was kind of surprised that uh, teams like the Packers, <laughs> yet again, passed on drafting a wide receiver in the first round, even with two picks uh, in the first round. And Kansas City, um, after you know dealing away one of their best wide receivers, and also with two picks in the first round, um, punted both times on wide receiver. Um, and that's good news. If you're hoping that um, the Colts uh, grab one of these remaining wide receivers, and we'll talk about some of the options there in a little bit, um, the fact that neither Kansas City or Green Bay uh, decided to, to jump on the position means that those guys 
are slipping. They, they've slipped into the second round. Um, so that, that's the first good news. Uh, the rest of the positions uh, that fell, uh, how it fell out in the first round, the cornerback, five guys went. Um, only two linebackers, two safeties, two defensive tackles, maybe most notably only one quarterback. And I want to talk about that uh, here uh, real quickly. Um, and finally, no running backs, no tight ends. Now let's talk about quarterback. Um, the first quarterback off the board for the Steelers out of pit. Uh, was Kenny Pickett. So he is the first quarterback off the board. A lot of people thought that Malik Willis would be potentially, but it looks like uh, the Steelers wanted to go with the homegrown talent uh, out of pits. Uh, so how does this play out for the Colts? What does this look like for Indy as we go into the second round? I want to focus primarily on the second round. I, I think you know we could talk about options in the third round, but I think those are more esoteric because uh, it really is going to depend on how the second round plays out. So let's talk about that. The teams right now in front of the Colts, Colts are at number 42. Um, you've got Tampa Bay, who traded out of the first round at number 33, the Vikings at 34, the Titans at 35, the Giants at 36, the Texans at 37, uh, so two division rivals um, ahead of us. Um, at number 38, you've got the Jets. At 39, you've got the Bears. And at 40 and 41, you've got the Seahawks. Uh, and then finally, at 42, you've got the Colts with their first pick in this draft. Um, now, where quarterback is concerned, I think this is where things get interesting um, as we begin to look ahead and how things could play out. Um, the teams ahead of the Colts, there are a few where you could see them being in for quarterback. Uh, the first ones that jump to mind, I don't think the Bucks are, even though Tom Brady is 195 years old. I don't think they're going to be in for quarterback. I think they're still going to be in all-in mode to try to win uh, with him. And right now, they've got other needs. They'll probably address quarterback in another year. Um, plus, they drafted one last year that they're going to want to give some time. Um, so I don't think they're going to be on the quarterback. The Vikings, they have sort of this love-hate relationship with Kirk Cousins. Um, perhaps they're going to take someone with the the hope that they can sit this year and maybe develop. Um the Titans possibly have seen that as an outside shot. You know, do they really, you know, Tannehill has one of the biggest cap hits in the league. Um, is he their true quarterback for down the road? Obviously he's had a, a, a good run, um, especially compared to the rest of his career. He's had a good run with the Titans, but um, is he really the guy you want to commit to right after them? You know, the giants look, they did not pick up the fifth year option on Daniel Jones and I think there's a lot of questions on whether they truly view him as the guy or if they're going to give him this year to prove it. Um, if someone like Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter is there, do they jump on that position? I think it's an open question. The Texans, certainly. they You'd have to think, I mean, they've got Tyrod Taylor in, but you'd have to think they're thinking long-term at the quarterback position as well. Do they love any of these guys enough to take them in the second round? And here's, a, here's an important note with this. When it comes to quarterbacks, it is much more palatable to take a risk on a guy that has upside but is raw, like a Malik Willis, in the second round as opposed to the first round. You take a quarterback in the first round, you're, you were essentially, as a GM, committing to him being your future starter. You take a guy in the second round, that commitment's not there. Um, if you grab a great backup or you grab a guy that may need a few years to develop, it's completely a different picture when you take him on day two as opposed to day one. Um, and I think for teams like the Giants and the Texans, uh, taking a Malik Willis, taking a Desmond Ritter, uh, taking a Matt Coral could make some sense here. And 
there's an importance to all of this, and that is the teams also that fall behind the Colts. And by the way, Seahawks uh, right in front of the Colts also could potentially be in for quarterback, uh, given that they just shipped off uh, Russell Wilson in that trade with the Broncos. Now, the teams behind the Colts uh, that need a quarterback, certainly the Falcons, who just traded the way Matt Ryan to the Colts, uh, they are definitely uh, in need, and they are right behind Indy, and that could be a very interesting play. I think a lot of teams know that the Falcons may be in on quarterback. Uh, there's been some connection between them and Malik Willis. Uh, it will depend on the teams in front of the Colts and whether or not they go quarterback if, if you know there's going to be someone available for the Falcons to take. Behind the Falcons, and I think this is where you could see the potential for the Colts maybe trading back a few, uh, a few picks. You've got the Lions, um, who are at 46. They're about uh, three picks behind the Falcons. Um, certainly, I think they could be in for quarterback. Uh, the Saints, who punted on the quarterback position in the first round twice, I think they could be in. Uh, I, I just don't see them committing to Jameis Winston as the long-term solution there. And then the Eagles, you know, I think that's been the talk. Will they want to try to make a short jump uh, to leap in front of some of these other teams? Do they want to get in front of the Falcons and Lions and the Saints to potentially get uh, a Desmond Ritter or a Malik Willis? I think all of that is on the table. Let's talk about the needs for the teams in front of us, uh, some of the remaining players that the Colts could be interested in. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Stampede Blue podcast. This is David Walker. We are talking about the first round of the NFL draft and day two, which is tonight, uh, Friday, April 29th. Uh, the second and third rounds will take place. The Colts pick at 42 in the second round, just 10 picks behind uh, Tampa Bay, who is at 33, who traded back uh, with the Jaguars. So real quick, the teams in front of the Colts. I mentioned them earlier. Let's go real quick through each one of these and talk about their potential needs uh, within their rosters. And again, this does not account for best player available. Some of these teams with their GMs could very well commit to that and surprise. In fact, I'd say it's a given. Also, keep in mind, trades. There were a lot of trades in the first round, uh, especially in the middle to the back half of the first round. I think we could still see more here at the top of the second round, especially with quarterbacks uh, being available and, and the risk for taking those quarterbacks being uh, much more palatable as compared to trading for a guy in the first round. Uh, so first off, the Bucks. I think their biggest needs offensive guard, uh, and then after that, I think you know they're they've got a pretty good roster. I doubt that they're going to focus um, exclusively on any position, but they do need some uh, help up the middle of their offensive line. Uh, they could also go defensive tackle, maybe tight end, edge. Uh, I think you can always put edge down for any of these teams. It's a premier position. Um, after them, the Vikings, they took a safety in the first round. So again, I, I mentioned quarterback is potentially, you know, uh, someone like Malik Willis to sit on the bench for a year or two uh, may make some sense. They also need help uh, on the offensive line. Linebacker, there's some good linebackers available still. They also could use some wide receiver help. And again, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say edge again, because that's a, a need for every team. Um, the Titans. <laughs> First of all, can we just relish the fact that they traded away A.J. Brown? They traded away a known, good, great commodity at wide receiver to draft uh, his replacement. Uh, man, I'm telling you, it, it it makes me feel better about the Colts potentially winning the AFC South. The fact that they gave away, gave away one of their best weapons to the Eagles. Um, as for their remaining needs, I think offensive line, linebacker, 
Um, tight end, again, I think they could be a dark horse for quarterback, uh, although I think that's maybe lowered down their priority list. The Giants, uh, who took edge and offensive line in the first round, again, I think quarterback for them uh, is a potential. Um, offensive line, they still have lots of problems on their offensive line, even after addressing it in the first round. I think they could double dip at the position. Um, linebacker safety. Uh, the Texans, <laughs> they took a cornerback and an offensive line in the first round. I mean, take your pick. They That is a trash roster. They need every position possible, offensive line, center, linebacker, wide receiver, quarterback, across the board. Um, I think you can make a case for the Texans needing everything. Um, the Jets, they took a cornerback, a wide receiver, and an edge. They actually had a pretty strong first round. Um, in the second round, I think you could see them go offensive tackle, maybe defensive tackle, linebacker. Those make a lot of sense for them. The Bears... Uh, who did not have a first-rounder. They traded that way last year to go get their quarterback of the future. Um, I think you have to look at either... They're sort of in the same position as the Colts, position-wise. They've got to prioritize either offensive line. They had one of the worst offensive lines of football last year. Um, and wide receiver. To me, those are the only two positions they should be thinking about. Um, and that could be... you know They could play spoiler a little bit to the Colts um, in the fact that they need the same positions. Um We'll see how that one plays out. Maybe they'll surprise us and go with defense, which would be if I'm Justin Fields and they don't get a wide receiver offensive line, I may I may retire. <laughs> like they they've got to protect that quarterback. Um, the Seahawks again, they took offensive line in the first round, which made sense for them. Uh, I think quarterback obviously is is still a need for them. Offensive line, they still need to fill out that position, uh, and then their defense needs you know to be retooled. So edge, linebacker, cornerback. As for the Colts. We know that you ask most Colts fans, the thought is it's, it's got to be either offensive tackle, um, offensive line, uh, potentially a guard, or the biggest need up front is wide receiver. Um, who are we going to put on the other side of the field from Michael Pittman? And that is, to me, that's probably the, the top position uh, if I'm the Colts. Uh, and there are the good news is there's a lot of good options still on the board. And if you look at the teams in front of us, um, there's a couple that could go wide receiver. Uh, obviously, we mentioned the Bears, but I don't know that it is a position, especially with how the first round played out, with so many wide receivers going early in the first round. Um, we may have seen the run that we're going to see on wide receivers. I think there's going to be a, a good selection of guys for the Colts. Um, likewise, if the Colts want to trade back, I think there could be some potential for that as well. I don't think they're going to trade back dramatically if they do. Um, and I think if they do, that that team is probably looking to grab a quarterback who has uh, continued to fall, um, which I think is quite likely. You know, I mentioned several teams in, in front of the Colts that could go quarterback. But at this point, I don't think it's a given. Uh, the fact that only one went in the first round tells you what many of these GMs think about this quarterback class. And we've heard it you know, all offseason, and it's sort of playing out in the draft. So perhaps a uh, quarterback, they're going to want that to fall a little bit further, it, you know, to the middle of the, the second round, which is where the Colts are at, before they take that uh, bite at the apple. As for the players available um, to the Colts, the best available, right? Let's, without referring to position, let's talk about the best available. Um, I think you've got to look at guys like, obviously, Malik Willis at quarterback, uh, Desmond Ritter at quarterback, um, Nicobe Dean, linebacker out of the UGA. This guy's a great playmaker. Could be a surprise pick if he falls all the way to the Colts. Um, David Ojabo, pass rusher out of Michigan. Um, Arnold 
Ebiketti out of Penn State, also a pass rusher. Um, there are still some cornerbacks, I think, on the board that could be intriguing, like Andrew Booth out of Clemson or Kyler Gordon. Um, but if we're talking offense, and I think given the moves this offseason, I'd be surprised if the Colts don't go offense. Here are the names I would pay attention to. Um, first off, wide receiver Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He's a bigger receiver, long, rangy, explosive. Um, him and Pittman uh, on opposite sides of each other would be a really big nightmare for smaller cornerbacks, two big receivers. Um, we'll see if he falls that far. A lot of people like uh, Watson as uh, you know, a long-term, his long-term potential. And the good news for Watson is if he does go to the Colts, he doesn't have to be a wide receiver one. Um, you know, the Colts have Michael Pittman ready to go to, to own that position. Uh, and Watson can sort of you know, slot in and, and not have to be a, a massive contributor in year one. Um, wide receiver Sky Moore. This name's been seen a lot, I think, in mock drafts. Makes a ton of sense out of Western Michigan. Smaller receiver, five foot nine, uh, five foot ten, and he's very quick. Runs great routes. He is the kind of receiver, really, the, a good pairing with Pittman. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of teams or a lot of mock drafts are, are maybe leaning towards Moore as the guy that the Colts would be interested in. Um, Wide receiver George Pickens out of the UGA, six foot three, one ninety five. He's a good athlete, great ball skills. Um, obviously, the question mark with him was the ACL tear he suffered last spring. Um, will he be ready to go? Um, if he is, he he's a receiver that in the past was projected to go in the first round. Um, so the talent is there. Wide receiver Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama, uh, six foot one, is not an elite athlete, but really good footwork and good at creating separation. He is someone that would make some sense there. Uh, finally, wide receiver John Mechie out of Alabama. Uh, again, another shorter receiver. Uh, has a, the occasional drops, uh, concentration issues, but he's a great route runner, uh, even if he's not a top-tier athlete. Uh, and again, ACL tear, so there's some injury concerns there. Um, offensive line, I think there's two names remaining that you're, there are three names remaining you sort of look at. If you're thinking interior offensive line, you've got to be thinking about Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska. Uh, but he's a zone-based blocker uh, with some upside. And then finally, offensive tackle, there's two big names remaining. Obviously, the one that everyone's been talking about is uh, Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. Freaky athlete, uh, used to be a tight end, but he's got short arms. And that, uh, look, um, I've seen that come up before with offensive tackles. That is a legit concern. I know some people want to write that off. Um, but their ability to extend their arm and sort of you know keep a defender off of their body is a big part of playing offensive tackle. Um, Raymond is sort of a top athlete, so he is someone that uh, can grow into the position. He's only been playing football for you know just a few years, but has already shown tremendous promise, tremendous development. Um, and then, to me, this guy is a big big uh, upside player, but also uh, the floor on him could be really low. So he could be boom or bust. Offensive tackle, um, Daniel Fayele. Fayele? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm massacring his last name. Out of Minnesota, the guy's six foot eight, 384 pounds. He's a great athlete, but he is a mammoth, a mammoth of a man. Uh, And he could be a surprise pick as well. Um, obviously, the thing with him is he's so big, so tall, it, it cannot envision him at any position other than um, offensive tackle. With Raymond, per- perhaps you can move him inside. 
uh, if he's not you know, uh, a great fit at offensive tackle. And, and certainly that could be a good fit for the Colts as well. Uh, but the the upside with this kid at, at six foot eight, dear lord, he's ma- just a massive, massive man and, and athletic too. So um, as you can see, a lot of great players still on the board. Um, I, I think if you look at the needs of the teams in front of the Colts, if you look at the way the first round played out, if I'm uh, Ballard, I'm feeling good about how that first round played out. Even though a lot of wide receivers and offensive linemen came off the board. Um, They came off the board relatively early, and uh, that means that those same teams are going to be in front of the Colts and may not have the the same interest in those positions. I think wide receiver is going to be the play here. Um, However, trading back is certainly a potential. And if a player like in the Kobe Dean, uh, who I think is arguably the best uh, defensive player available still on the board, if he falls all the way to you, I think you've got to consider it, and and you would have just an insanely talented linebacker duo uh, on that defense. But right now, I'm I'm leaning towards guys like Sky Moore, Christian Watson, George Pickens at wide receiver um, to pair on the other side of Michael Pittman and to really take this offense potentially to a next level. Uh, this will be really fun to see how it plays out. And obviously, based on what they do in the second round, if they go wide receiver, uh, I, I think it opens up for uh, offensive tackle, maybe a tight end. Um, and even you know going back to defense uh, as a potential for uh, the third round pick for the Colts. We will see how that plays out. Obviously, we'll be back here on the podcast to recap how day two plays out for the draft and this weekend to recap day three. Uh, and early next week, we'll come back and recap the entire draft class for the Colts, talk about the roster, what it looks like going into the season and the AFC South as a whole because it's gotten very interesting with uh, the teams surrounding us If you're a Colts fan, it's got to be a good time right now. It feels good to look at how this is playing out. All right, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at NFLDW. You can read our articles daily at StampedeBlue.com. And, of course, we'll be back here to recap the 2022 NFL Draft. Thanks for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.